1: Today our guest is Chad Whitfield. Thanks for being on the show, Chad. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on. I know a lot of the listeners right now are trying to figure out how to build systems, how to create those funnels, have been working on branding, all those things. And you're going to give us a lot of insight today. I know it's a specialty of yours. So a little about Chad, he started investing in the equities market when he was just 17 years old and a few years later moved over to currency markets. Real estate had always interested him, but he didn't know how to effectively get into the market at that time. He joined Blue Spruce Holdings to apply his skills building digital systems while learning about real estate. And today, he's partnered on over $30 million in real estate syndications, and it is by far his favorite asset class because of the collateral. I can't even say that word. That's such a big word there, Chad. I know he put that in those bio purpose <laughs> controllability of your inputs and outputs, risk aversion and tax incentives. So Chad, you know, thank you again for your time. And being willing to come on and share with us today. I know it took me a long time to build those systems. It took me a long time to think through what's this thing everybody's talking about a funnel? I've, you know, what is that? And trying to figure out this branding process because it can, it can be very, very time consuming and there's a lot to it, especially if you're going to do a good job at it. So give the listeners a little more about who you are in case they don't know who you are already. And,
0: and then let's dive in. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the introduction. Like I said, my name is Chad Whitfelt. I live here in Denver, Colorado. Been syndicating real estate for about three years now always had some entrepreneurial tendencies and knacks and you know I was the kid who had a landscaping crew at 16 you know doing the neighborhood so it's kind of always been in my blood but it wasn't until I started to join my first like company with a partner that I really started to focus in on the branding and the systems and processes behind it and it was primarily because our competition was crushing us it was a is an education provider company for trading stuff and we were just getting blown away by our competition and so I just became became obsessed with the things that other people were doing right. And it really led me into this world of creating leverage inside of your brand through those systems.
1: That will get you or something like that to push you, right? Figure out what do we need to do here to make this happen. But you transitioned into real estate. And I think, you know, like you and I had discussed before, and I just think a lot of the listeners are going to be able to relate to this story because we have talked, I've talked so many times personally about, because I get the question all the time, how do we get started? How do we get into this business? You know, I don't have any experience and I have no track record. You know, so, so I'm like, okay, you have to figure out how you can add value to some team. And you're a prime example of what I talk about all the time is that, you are, are going to be a lot better at social media and all this digital stuff than a lot of groups that are already well established. You know, like you're going to be able to just jump right in there. And that's what you did. Right. But, you know, elaborate on how you, you know, made this transition and you jumped into real estate and really by
0: bringing value. I'll tell you the quick story. It's, it's a really good story. So my business partner, Adam Adams, I was just moved to Denver. I lived here for maybe two days. And prior to, I had a fallout with my previous company that I started. I left that partnership. It took a lot away. I was pretty broke from that fallout. And so I was just at this place trying to get my head right, riding bikes at these bike parks and all of everything. And I meet this guy. He's putting his bike away. I'm pulling mine out. And I just wanted to meet a friend. I said, hey, man, that's a sweet bike. And we just started chit-chatting back and forth. And I said, what do you do, man? And he says, oh, I just started up with this team. We're buying real estate apartments. And I said, really? That sounds pretty cool. I've always, I've been invested a long time. I've always wanted to get into real estate. I just never knew how. And he said, come to my business partner's meetup group. You can meet him and, and hear a little bit more about what we do. And the room was packed. It was Adam's meetup group in Denver. Probably like 40 people there. I show up five minutes late as they're getting introduction started I'm the first kid that gets the mic I'm like oh uh, 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 like choking up <laughs> and Adam has a, a swarm of people around him and I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting I go up to Adam and I introduce myself I said hey you know I talked to Brad I've been interested in doing this and he asked for my business card and I said I don't have any business cards man and he goes well it, come back next week with a business card and you'll be the type of person I want to work with I'm like okay so I get in my car and I look at the nearest Vista print to get business cards and I drive to the parking lot, looking at the door, I'm like, crap, I, what, what am I gonna put on this business card? I have no company, I have no logo. And so I called Adam, I said, look man, I'm not going to print business cards because I want my business cards to stay blue spruce on them. Let's figure out how to work together. I can be an asset to you. And we became business partners ever since. So it's like pretty that. cool, man. You
1: called and said, I want, I want your business or your company name on my card before I print these.
0: Wow. Yep. So let's make it happen. And I started off really just trying to find us deals. Like this was really early in our journey. We hadn't done a deal yet. And I basically was just cold calling brokers. And we would meet once a week to see how things were going. And I just remember sitting down with him one week and he's like, how are things going, man? I'm like, this sucks, man. This is not working well. <laughs> and we started talking about it. And I said to him, I said, I'm having all these conversations and I'm getting sent single family houses. I'm getting sent empty pieces of land. I'm getting sent things that just don't even matter. And then I had said, to him, I said, what if we can position ourselves and our company, So that deals and brokers start to find us as well as investors. And then I showed him what I had done with marketing and branding in my previous company and really just laid out how it would apply and how it would look for us in this business. And that's where things really started to take off for
1: us. So, you know, I like how you came to him, especially with the business card thing. You're like, I want your, you know, the the, company name on my card. And so that's awesome. But then you laid out a plan, you used your expertise and laid out a plan of what could happen or what you could help make happen in their company. And it looks like that's worked pretty well, but, you know, it allowed you to get into the real estate business. You didn't have to become that like expert underwriter or expert deal sourcer or acquisition specialist, or like you used your skill and added a lot of value to a team that
0: needed that that skill. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to even put a little bit more clarity on it, like I didn't know what a cap rate was. I knew nothing. You asked me what a rent roll was. I said, Red Lobster's got great rolls, man. Let's go get some. Like I knew nothing about the business, but I was able to leverage that skill set I did have and bring it to the table and got my education through doing the deals along with my team. So it was a cool way to kind of create that win-win synergy in the business.
1: So tell us a little bit about that plan that you laid out and let's kind of walk into some system building or, you know, things like that,
0: that the listener needs to have in place as well. For sure. A lot of times when you say the word funnel today, a lot of people just think it's a squeeze page or a landing page, but there's a lot bigger of a funnel where your landing page and your squeeze page sits inside. And at that top layer of your funnel is is typically your traffic, right? Those are the people that like this podcast, for example, you have X amount of people listening to you and you can create this platform on really anywhere, whether that's an in-person meetup group, whether that's doing Facebook lives, interviewing people, whether that's a Facebook group, there's so many places to procure traffic from, but the key here is to understand what you want to do next with that traffic. It's great to get 100 likes on your post. It's great to get 50 comments on your Instagram post or story or whatever. But if they're not coming into your business with a profitable ROI, then what's the point? It's just vanity metrics. It doesn't really matter if they're not actually doing something in your business. So what I really focus on is starting with the end in mind because it's really important to understand that people that come into your world are going to resonate with things differently depending on where they're at in their journey with you. Okay, so let me just give you an example. Let's say I'm doing a 506C deal and I can advertise this publicly. And I've, I've tested this to prove it <laughs> many times. I think that I can go set up a Facebook ad and target high net worth individuals to come into my real estate deal, say $100,000 minimum. Well, just because I can publicly solicit that somebody isn't going to wire over $100,000 because they saw a Facebook ad. That's not how that works, right? So it's really about building that substantive relationship through your content, through the things that you're doing online to funnel people into that ROI and build as much rapport along the way as you can.
1: No doubt about it. You got to have that relationship component, whether you can advertise or not. They need to you, they need to know a little more about you before they're going to hand over 100000 So, you know, I guess so help us... If I'm trying to build this funnel, go ahead and walk through a little bit of that. We're, we're starting with the end in mind. We're, we're, okay, we're thinking about different people, that traffic you're talking about. You know, They're going to be in at different places in their investing journey. They're going to be in different places as far as how much they can invest, how often, all of these things, their education level of investing, investing in real estate. What are some other things we need to be thinking about, about getting this traffic through this funnel?
0: For sure so let's start with cold people these are the people that are just now coming across you for the very very first time right this type of funnel and again in this instance I'm saying funnel as a lead magnet or I'm sorry as a squeeze page as an opt-in page and I use click funnels to build these so the, they're just now coming across you for the very first time they haven't really built any substantive relationship with you this is where putting a lead magnet in front of them can be really valuable to get them into your system so that you can automate some of that process of warming up that relationship, right? So you have your lead magnet funnel. Let's just say the top five things every passive investor must know for the next recession. The top six things your financial advisor will never tell you, that type of lead magnet. That's an asset that you can go and shout out on podcasts. You can have a link to it in your Facebook, in your Instagram, whatever. But having a place for people to come into your world is really important and understanding that this is for cold people, okay? Now, that next layer of this process is to ascend them, ascend that relationship. I call this my golden brick road, or your value ladder, right? And now you ascend them to something that has a higher ask, whether that be a 30-minute webinar, or a 35-minute podcast episode, or a five-video mini-course all about passive investing, right? It really comes down to what your ideal investor avatar is looking for, and then go and give them that. But if you think that you come across somebody, they've never met you before, and you think you can ask them for an hour of their time to come on a webinar, it's not really realistic. They're not paying you, but they are exchanging that level of time that you haven't necessarily built that level of trust and rapport with yet. And then from there, ascending them from that webinar to a phone call and that phone call into an investor into your deal, right? So starting with, again, the end in mind, And understanding that there are layers to get your investor into your deal. It's not just throw up a Facebook ad. It's not just putting up a post saying, who wants to invest in apartments with me? Obviously, that's probably illegal, right? But you have to be strategic. When I first got started as an entrepreneur, 17 years old, 16 years old, I was super ready, fire, aim all the time. Now I'm very, very ready, aim, fire, and very strategic with these processes that I build. Because if you're not, they just don't work that well.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I like how you talked about it right off the bat too, focusing with the end in mind. Because if you're thinking about that person that you're speaking to, who 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 are they? What are they looking for? And and then you're going to be able to build back to how you're going to be able to educate them the best, build that brand or that presence with them. And then all the way back to the lead magnet
0: and what they're looking for, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, especially in my world, just because I study this stuff and I'm obsessed with it, I see it all the time. I see people trying to brand themselves online in our syndication space, and they're trying to speak to everybody. And when you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. It can do a lot of negative goodwill to your brand, especially if you're posting affiliate links for every other conference, you're posting things about beauty product MLM and then you're a real estate investor and you have to have brand continuity and hyper focus inside of your brand to the exact person you want to have coming into your deals or bringing you deals. That's kind of my preach, honestly. <laughs>
1: no, that's uh, it's very valuable. Yep, very valuable. It's a, what do they call it? Like the two thousand true followers, or something? You know, is more valuable than a hundred thousand that barely know who you are. Hundred uh, percent. So, tell us a little bit about the systems you recommend on the back end. You know, I mean, because everybody, I get asked. I'm sure you do all the time. about okay, what CRM and what? How do you manage all these emails and these email campaigns? And how do you do that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Right off the bat, my CRM and automation platform I use is called Active Campaign. That's where all my funnels drip into, right? So you opt into my list, it's going to Active Campaign. The thing I like the most about Active Campaign is it's the only thing they do. You have platforms like Infusionsoft, you have all these other platforms that try to be good at everything, and they wind up being pretty okay at everything. They're not amazing at one thing. And that's what I love about ActiveCampaign is, is they're certainly, I think, the best in the business. I've never seen any other platform spend more time and money into R&D than they have. And a lot of the innovation coming through their features is super powerful. For sure, ActiveCampaign, CRM plus email automation and a lot of other automations as well. Super cool thing. I use ClickFunnels to build my front end. Coolest thing about ClickFunnels, is you can take a dummy like me who's never learned how to write a piece of code in his life and I can go and build a funnel that's raised over $7 million. I can go and build a funnel that we've done over $100,000 of event revenue for, right? You can do that without having to know how to write code. Anybody can go and do it. It takes time to learn how to be really, really good at it but it's a great place to get started.
1: Nice. Okay, so ClickFunnels, and you, you mentioned that's like the front end. So like that's where you would capture that traffic you were talking about right in the beginning. Is that right? Exactly. That's where they're going to get signed up with you. They're going to sign up. They're going to collect that lead magnet, whatever that was. Those six things about passive investing, or whatever you were talking about. And then from there, they're going to go into active campaign. Is that right? And then then they're going to go into
0: email sequences and things like that exactly yeah the other thing that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about is having clean data if I have let's say you're on my email list Whitney and you've never clicked through one of my emails you've never clicked through a link you've never done anything with me right I want to know that I want to score that I want to have my contacts have a score so I know who's hot and who's not who loves my stuff and who doesn't so having clean data is super important to go back to that other question I think The two primary systems that every syndicator should have is going to be that lead magnet follow-up system so that you can have a cold piece of traffic, a cold audience come into your world and start to take substantive action towards your ROI of investing, whatever that is for whoever's listing. And then number two for us is to launch a deal. All right, this is a funnel that really makes your deal look amazing. And like what most syndicators are doing are sending, just emailing out an offering memorandum. It's 30 some pages long. There's maybe only about two pages of information that people actually care about. So the webinar launch funnel, it takes that information that people care about puts it front and center, and they can decide really, really quickly if they wanna register for your webinar instead of just registering on Zoom or somewhere else. Definitely much, much higher conversions when you're sending that type of traffic to a better looking place, not just a registration page on Zoom.
1: I think it's important you brought up the scoring component of a platform like ActiveCampaign and, and other platforms like that will do that as well. But I mean, it's a lot of information there that you need to know about somebody that, that could be very useful, but I also wondered your thought process as far as how many emails are in an email sequence or how, are you, how far out are you scheduling that and what happens if somebody gets to the end and never clicks you know, on anything else?
0: I like to start every one of them with the five-day Seinfeld series this is a little bit different than just a normal drip because those first emails set precedent and set the frame around what's coming next and if those first five emails don't get opened and those people aren't like oh my gosh Whitney just added so much value to my business they're not going to be looking and opening up the rest so the five-day You just got to hit them really hard and they got to be written really well and have that copywriting be speaking like specifically to them almost to the point where they feel like you only sent it to them and nobody else. So those first five, those are your time to shine. That's your first impression on your email list for sure. And then we have, gosh, I don't know, over a hundred that are automated after that. And those really just come from educational topics that we've come across throughout our deals, right? So when my, one of my favorite sayings is, questions are always content. A lot of the people listening to this, if you start putting yourself out there online, people are gonna start asking you questions. How does depreciation work on a, on a syndication? What happens if I wanna get out of my syndication? And you can, people need to understand is this, this is a gold mine for content. And so we have a lot of emails automated after that. I'd like to build them linear. So depending on what actions they take specifically, they'll get thrown into a different flow. So let's say the first three emails after my five-day, they click through, they take action. Well, they're going to get thrown into another flow where I ask them to get on a phone call with me or our investor manager very, very quickly because they're taking action. They're hot. You know, you want to capture that when they're hot. And if you never make the offer, they, they're probably not going to take it because it's not there, right? So there's a lot of different flows in, in that sense. But if somebody gets through your email list and never does anything and you've sent them 50 messages and they've done nothing, take them out. It's probably a dead contact. There's no reason to even waste your metrics on that contact. Yeah, that's just me.
1: <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, I mean, unfortunately, we were running low on time, Chad, but, but you know, we've got a few final questions for you, but I thought maybe you could speak just a minute to the, the listener about branding, they're getting started, maybe just speak to them about getting their brand started and a couple of things they should focus on, because I know a lot of these things we've talked about may be way over their head, you know, a lot of times if they haven't started any of this and a platform like Active Campaign may seem so complicated and way ahead of them, but I just thought you could speak to somebody that's like, okay, I'm Doing this, but I don't have any systems yet.
0: For sure. Number one, most of the platforms have free tutorials and education. It does take time, but you got to understand once it's set up, it's there. It's an asset in your business. It can go on your balance sheet if it's built properly, right? As far as the branding goes, just get started. Everyone tells themselves the same story oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not interesting enough. I'm not a model. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's just not true. And the other point I'd like to make is you don't need to have a successful podcast. You don't need to have all these things. Just get started, go make a video on Facebook, go start creating content, go get started and then stay patient because it does take time. And if you think that you can build this massively successful brand in a month, It's just not how it goes. So
1: (laughs) That's great advice. Yeah, being patient. Yeah, I mean, I I tell everybody, you're going to start a thought leadership platform, plan on doing it a year before you see any return at all. Just have that in mind. But Chad, what's a way that you've
0: recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Got a VA. Got a VA and started subcontracting out some of the elements that I'm not a 10 at. For example, I have a new designer on my team that's designing a lot of my stuff, and we've never put out a more beautiful product because he's a better designer than me, right? So factoring in, obviously, A, what's that going to cost? And then B, where you can allocate that time elsewhere. If you're not a rock star at that specific task, you probably shouldn't be doing it. That's helped me out a lot. And then creating my own thought leadership platform as well. I don't have a podcast. I don't have all these things, but I do have a Facebook group where it's all about branding. It's all about systems. It's all about this cool stuff that I'm really talented with. And being able to, to create that type of platform has added a lot of value back into my business as well. On that note, tell us how you like to give back. Yeah, for sure. That Facebook group, man, I am, have just been blasting that thing with value. Literally just giving everybody what they need to do this stuff. So like I was speaking on earlier, the Ideal Investor Avatar One of the cool things I have in my Facebook group is a checklist on how to develop your ideal investor avatar and what it looks like you know where they live how old are they what are their occupations what do they care about how do you find them how do you get in front of them all these cool things that help you really focus on on who you want to be speaking to so yeah my facebook group is how i've been giving back recently
1: all right well chad thank you so much for your time today i mean building a brand is no easy task and and can seem so daunting when you're getting started and even through it like i learn stuff all the time it's like whoa wait a minute you know that's going to cost how much and but is it going to be worth it? And it seems like such a you know, big thing, but it's really getting started and just knocking it out as you go and because you grow and you get better systems. And you, but nobody starts at the top, that's for sure. Uh, so Chad, thank you very much. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you and, and your Facebook
0: group. Yeah, for sure. Find me on Facebook, Chad Whitfelt. That's the place I'm, I've been most active recently. Hop in that Facebook group. It's just Raising Money Secrets OPM for real estate investors. I've done live trainings in there on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on all kinds of cool things. Those assets are still there waiting for you to go consume it and take massive action on it.
1: Awesome, Chad. That's a wrap. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate you having me, man. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.